From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about how you can be intentional when you're married and pregnant. And we just want to share that even if you aren't pregnant or maybe you're past the baby making season, keep listening Mm because chances are, you know, someone going through the pregnancy season that you can share this show with, that you can be a voice into their lives. And in addition to that, all of the skills and strategies and techniques that we're talking about can apply to other areas of your marriage. So don't, don't go, Oh, that's not us and turn it off because you might be surprised at who you can share this with or what you can take away from yourself for yourself. Now there's a quote from Jimmy Evans that says, your priorities aren't what you say they are. They are revealed by how you live. What does your life say about the value of your family and marriage? Mm, and I as, like that one. Oh, well, absolutely. Cause as we're talking about being intentional when you're married and pregnant, that's when you really start to see where those priorities come out. And We start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And this week's hug is sponsored by the upcoming One Conference in Henderson, North Carolina on March 2nd. And we can't wait to share more about this a little later in the show. Now, this hug comes from an Instagram direct message that we received. And this wife says, I'm getting caught up on the podcast that I wasn't able to listen to while home for Christmas. Mm. And I'm just now listening to your Christmas podcast. I'm so upset I didn't catch the IG story to send a shout out to my husband and a big thank you to you both for your openness and honesty. I'm originally from North Carolina, but moved to Chile years ago. And as God would have it, I fell in love and married a Chilean. He is truly the best gift I've ever received. And your podcast has helped me be more open and intimate with him. I just wanted to say thanks and let you know that from way South in Chile, Hmm. and she had like seven A's in that, we are listening and applying your ideas and tips. Just wish you had a Spanish version so we could share it with friends here. I'll be letting friends from North Carolina know that you'll be in Henderson in March so that they can go, even if we can't. Many hugs and muchas gracias. Mm, Love that. Love that. Love that. And for all of you guys out there, Elisa and I went to Peru for our 20th anniversary, Mm -hmm. and it has been a dream of mine to go to Chile. So it is awesome to know that we have one family there because I am going to make it. That's like one of my big dreams to go to Chile. Uh, I love South America. Personally, our, our time in Peru was so special that I can't wait to get back there to Ecuador, Argentina, and really travel um, many parts of that that continent. Yeah, Central and South America. And, yeah. you know, it, it's what I loved about that, too, is just knowing how vast the one family is. Mm-hmm. Right. You truly are a global family. And, you know, within families, you know, certain things happen. And one of those things is making babies. Yes. You got to grow the family. (laughs) You got to grow the family. And, you know, it's really interesting how shows evolve because about a year ago, we did a show called Oh Baby, right? Mm -hmm. And that was episode 425. And, you know, we talked just briefly in that show about, you know, what the marriage dynamic looks like when you're pregnant. But we focused more in that show on what happens after the baby comes. And as we've been talking a lot about being in the moment, right, this year's Mm -hmm. hashtag, we've been hearing from a number of couples about the challenges that they're facing being in the moment during the nine months that encompasses pregnancy, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause there's so much going on 
right? With body changing and, and the focus on, you know, what, how are our lives going to change and what do we need? And, and everybody just kind of goes into overdrive. Life changes. It, it really does. And I think a big thing too, depends on how soon after you're married that you get pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there's a, there's a big correlation too of like, oh my gosh, where are we at? Who are we as a couple? Elisa and I waited six years before our first one was born. And I even sometimes think like, oh my gosh, I'm glad we had all of those six years to get to know each other. And we still went through some ups and downs throughout pregnancy and afterwards. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as those questions started to come in, we realized that, you know, within the one family, there are people who are having babies. We know a mm. lot of you are currently pregnant. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of people are thinking about having babies. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of you know people that are having babies or are in this season. And so it really, you know, makes it one of those topics that we need to tackle, even though pure transparency here, we are 13 years past our last baby. And we're closed down. Yes. The shop, the factory is closed. Yeah. We're not having any more. <laughs> on this side. Mm-hmm. On this side. That's that's another topic for another day. But we went to the one family and said, you know, what is the biggest challenge that you're facing being in the moment in this season? And before I share some of those categories, I just want to share this one comment that really stood out because I think it encompasses what this, why this show and why now. And this one person said, our challenge is focusing on us instead of the baby or pregnancy. And that comment, literally, it was like a billboard jumping out because I think that's truly the couple, the challenge, the overarching challenge. It shows up in a mm-hmm. number of different ways for a lot of couples, right? There's so much attention given to, oh my gosh, you know, is it going to be a boy or a girl, right? Is it, you know, what's it going to look like? Who's it going to, you know, take after? How many strollers, diapers, onesies, and everything else do you need? How are you feeling? You know, how, and all of this stuff starts to happen. And I think of all the books, the material, the information that you're, you're garnering and getting. And I know we see it often from our friends too. You know, my kid's the size of a pea and now it's size of a grapefruit. Yeah. Grapefruit and a watermelon or whatever those different ones, those fruits are, their vegetables they share, but there's so much information and it can be all consuming. Mm -hmm. It really can. And even in the days when we had our kids where we didn't have access to a lot of what you have now, it felt very much all consuming. Oh, sure. Like we had the what to expect when you're expecting. And, mm-hmm. you know, I probably had seven books around the, our apartment. And I was thinking when you said books, the the baby name books. Oh, and yeah. just even trying to come up with, okay, what's going to be that that name and and how and, you know, the the, the kicks and the, and the moves and the hiccups and all this stuff that's going on. Absolutely. And so, you know, as we look at this, the show is really about equipping the two of you to have that solid foundation of who you are as a married couple, because the challenges fell into three very distinct areas. And the first one was the physical challenges, right? You know, what happens with the body issues as she's moving along in pregnancy of being, you know, for the wife being physically uncomfortable, right? You know, all of a sudden you've got this whole bunch of extra in front of you and just you know, not even being able to see your toes anymore, mm-hmm. right? How do you deal with all of that? The exhaustion. And this is one that I so remember with our pregnancies of just being like, oh my gosh. I remember, I remember Lisa would come home from work and she would be out for like two or three hours. We'd get up, maybe have a, a quick meal and then she'd be asleep again. Boom. Done. Yeah. Just 
completely exhausted. Right. The nausea that so many of you deal with, you know, morning sickness. And, and for a lot of people, it's not just morning. It's, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, you know, 24 hours a day. It's, it's the changing hormones, mm-hmm. right. That, that deal with, you know, mess all over your body. And, and for some of you, the physical changes, and we'll talk just a little bit about this later on is your body isn't changing, right? You're having difficulty conceiving. And so pregnancy and trying to get pregnant, you know, there's all of that wrapped up in the physical. There's also the emotional changes, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Mood swings because of those hormones that are flooding your system. The mood swings are a real thing. Yeah, totally. Right. You're, you're dealing with financial stress, right? Thinking about, you know, bringing this new human being and what's that going to do to the bottom line and how are we paying for all these diapers and, mm-hmm. you know, formula and onesies and clothes and strollers and make sure to listen to last week's sh- show because we talked about finances. So make sure you're talking about it because it's not going to go away. Absolutely. You have, you know, fear, right? Fear is a big aspect of being pregnant. Like, like, are we ready for this? Right. Right. How is our life going to mm-hmm. change? Are we going to, are we going to have alone time? Like I, I like being us, especially if it's your first, I like being the two of us. What are we going to do when there's three of us? Uh huh. Yeah. Right? I remember that. You know, for those of you that have dealt with, with loss in pregnancy. So we're talking miscarriage, child loss. Um, you know, there are those feelings of, of failure that your mm-hmm. body's not working the way it's supposed to be or, or how the two of you handle loss differently. And we've talked about that in other shows where men and women grieve differently. Um, we heard from one husband that said, I don't know how to help my wife in this season. Right. And, and just the, the emotional drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the physical and the emotional. And then the last big area of challenge is in your sexual intimacy, right? Specifically for the sex drive, you know, in some couples it's higher for her in other couples, it's higher for him, mm-hmm. right? Or it's lower for her and then it's lower for him. And, and you have these different drives. And we heard from a lot of people that, you know, maybe it's medically, you know, there are medical reasons why you can't have sex. Right. Right. And so how are you, how are you dealing with that? Or maybe you're not comfortable. You can't find a comfortable position. And so you're like, oh, this just is a lot of work. Right. And, and in ours, I mean, Tony alluded to it earlier, our first pregnancy, I was so flipping tired, you guys, that, you know, I would just, I would sleep mm-hmm. more than I thought possible. And here's the thing too. We lived in Spokane, Washington. We had moved up there recently. And so I, I think a big thing for us, because our firstborn was born in December, and with fall and winter, I think there's just this natural tendency in the great Northwest that we sort of hunker down. You add pregnancy on top of it, and I think Elisa became like a double hunker. Like I, I was she in was true going into like super hibernation, and it was like, wow, oh my gosh. And we we lived in this one bedroom apartment, so we didn't have a lot of space, but you could. I knew where to find her. I mean, usually she was either on our couch or our bed. And I mean, those were the two places she was going to be. And we can laugh about it now, but it was an interesting time because as a guy, as a husband, as a soon-to-be father, I didn't know what to expect or what to do. And I mean, I was reading some of these books, but most of the books were were very focused on the woman and the baby. Mm-hmm. And, that was, and that was it. So I was sort of like, uh, what are we doing here? And I'm not sure I understand everything. And with the first, we went into full like focus on baby mode. I mean, it was all about this little human being that we were going, like, I don't remember, I don't remember us really connecting except to talk about what was coming. 
Yeah, right, Babies R Us, baby, or we'd oh, go to whatever. Target or whatever we would do and just walk the aisles and look and, oh, we need this and, oh, we need that or this is going to be this. And and so there really wasn't much of much time. I do remember we did get away for our anniversary in October and we went into Montana together. Mm-hmm. And I remember that trip was, and, and we have pictures of us mm-hmm. on that trip. I think we were on the Lewis or the Clark River or something of that nature. But I just remember the fall and that was one of those trips we did take before number one showed up which is funny because now i think everybody would call it a baby moon it just so happens that our anniversary happened two months before no, and we just got it we got away from yes but i think now like in this whole baby centric mm-hmm. place they'd call it a baby moon got it right sure. you know just just to kind of give you sort of what we've dealt with and how we disconnected during pregnancy our second pregnancy ended in miscarriage at 18 weeks and so mm-hmm. we went through this huge disconnect again of going how do we navigate you know what very rapidly became a high risk pregnancy into, into loss, Mm -hmm. right. And dealing with that. And then the third pregnancy, our daughter, that was marked by a lot of fear. And I kept a lot of that fear to myself, right. What's going to happen. You know, every time I went to the bathroom, I'm like, well, I see blood. Am I spotting it? What does this mean? And and there were just all of these thoughts that I held on to, And that one had morning sickness. And, you know, then it was juggling being in a household with, you know, being pregnant and having a child. And I just remember distinct memories of, like I needed to take a nap again, the fatigue. And so I would take Alex into his bedroom, which I knew was completely safe for him. And I'd lay down on the floor in front of his door so he couldn't get out. And I would lay down and take a nap and he would just play in his room and watch me because, but again, you know, there wasn't a lot going on between Tony and I, and we didn't know back then you guys that we needed to be working on us during those nine months. Just, it was just as important to work on us as it was to work on growing our family. And, and here's the thing, you have to, you have to focus on you two, because here's the thing, five years after our first was born, we had a five and a two year old, and we came to that crossroad of like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Why are we even married anymore? And that disconnect happened from, from the time prior to our first, you know, was born to that point. So you're talking five plus years of just disconnect because of pregnancy. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. We've learned and we've seen so many couples and have shared with other couples and Elisa has coached couples who have gone through this and how you can stay connected during this time. So when you do have your kid, yes, there there is going to be a different focus for a time being. They They are dependent fully upon you. And yet, You don't have to lose yourselves. You don't have to lose the husband and wife that made you team whoever you are, like Team DiLorenzo. We didn't have to lose that. We just didn't realize what was happening. And, you know, it's hard to miss out on the fact that we live in a culture that's obsessed with pregnancy, right? There's there's the whole, like, you get married and people are like, so when are you having a baby? Uh, like, are you trying to have a baby? You know, it's all about getting into True. this place of being pregnant, right? And it's all about, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then you find out that, you know, somebody is pregnant and there's the the announcement photo shoot, mm-hmm. which has become a thing. It wasn't a thing for us. We sent our parents ultrasound pictures and we're like, hey, you're going to be a grandparent. That was our announcement. That was our announcement. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a photo shoot. It's just... It was just, it wasn't, yeah, no matching outfits, no pregnancy. Yeah, it, it wasn't any of that. You know, there... And granted, our kids were pre-social media, Yeah, right? They were born pre-social media. And so we didn't have the weekly baby bump shots showing up with the, like Tony said, the peanut and the grapefruit and the watermelon and all of that kind of stuff. We didn't have it. There were no gender reveals back in 2002 
you know, again, full protection. And I'm not saying any of these things are wrong. What, what I want to point out is that all of the focus then becomes on the baby, right? It's all the snapshots all the time. And, and what you don't see in those, in any of those events is where's the marriage. Right. And it's obviously it took the two of you to do it, to, to do it, but we've lost the ability to put down the, the, the investment and the energy for the baby and look at how do we maintain and grow our marriage. Mm -hmm. And this hasn't changed in the 16 years. I mean, we just didn't have a lot of those things because social media was really in its infancy back then, but it's looking at that and saying, you know what, let's acknowledge the fact that pregnancy is going to change our life done. It already has the minute you get that, that, you know, you pee on the stick and you're like, Woo, that's two lines Mm -hmm. that says you're pregnant or you go to the doctor and you get it confirmed it's hard not to have that, that, you know, those pregnancy glasses go on and you're like, I see everything through having a baby. Yeah. This lens of now we're going to be parents. And so what ends up happening is the parent we're going to become this takes precedence over we as a marriage. Mm -hmm. And when that happens again, Elisa and I have been there and we've seen it and we've, we've dissected and, and even looked back and gone, what could we have done differently? Oh my gosh. You know, what could we have done differently in our own marriage while we had, when we went through all of our pregnancies? So that way we didn't get to that point five years after our first was born, looking at each other going, all right, well, I guess if this is what it's going to be, then either A, we're going to stick it out until they're 18, we'll just get a divorce now, or we're going to do something radical. Well, and you know, it's okay to be radical in today's day and age the one family gets a little radical about their marriages. And so we really need to address those three areas. Uh, You know, what did I say? The physical, the emotional, and the sexual Mm -hmm. to say, all right, we didn't know about this 16 years ago, but we can equip you now to be in that place to, to do marriage a little differently. Yeah. Right. And the physical, you know, let's just start there because it's obviously the most obvious, um, whether she's nauseous or, you know, she's dealing with body changes. It's kind of in your face. Right. And it's true. Level of arousal shift positions that have been go-to positions need to be modified. Right. We've had conversations with the friends about positions and we're like, Hey, you know, there's nothing that says he always has to be on top in a missionary position. Mm -hmm. That may be really uncomfortable for everybody during pregnancy. Right. What about side positions? Spooning. I mean, you can do the, uh, the twisted smurf. That's a great one. I mean, they're just bent over. I, I mean, here's one in all honesty is as, as she becomes bigger, the weight of having the baby makes it somewhat uncomfortable, but can you bend her over onto the bed where her belly can lay there? Maybe there's pillows or what Mm -hmm. have you. And, and that way the pressure is off and you're still able to have sex in that position. Let me just share this with you guys and you women that your baby is fully protected and you having sex isn't going to harm your child one bit. That being said, if your doctor has told you not to have sex during pregnancy, I'm just going to put the caveat, don't have sex during pregnancy. Always listen to your medical doctor when it comes to that. For sure. I am just saying from a health standpoint, there is nothing with the penis being inserted to the vagina that's going to impact your child. That's important for both men and women to hear. It is. It really is because I even remember, you know, when you were pregnant, sort of that, oh my gosh, am I going to hurt the child? Am I going to hurt you? I want to make sure you're protected. I want to make sure the child's protected. And so even for myself, I was like, what, what could happen? And 
I don't want anything to happen to my wife or my soon-to-be child. Mm -hmm. And so there was that. So just know that you're safe unless, again, your medical professional says, hey, you have a high-risk pregnancy, you you need to uh, abstain from sex. You know, when you're dealing with exhaustion and nausea, you know, figure out when it's better and choose to be sexually intimate in those times, right? You may have to get creative, but, you know, because it may be like during the middle of the day, we'll figure out maybe on weekends when you can be together. You know, if it's touch, maybe she gets sensitive to touch. And so you may actually have to ask the question, what touches work now? Mm-hmm. Right. Where do you want to be touched? Where can I touch you? This is all part of figuring out that physical so that it doesn't stop for, you know, three, four, five, six months. And then like one of the wives said, we stopped having sex during our pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Our baby's five months old. We're having trouble getting started again. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it's looking at that. It's, it's tackling those emotional conversation. Yeah. That, I was going to say that that's becomes that, that emotional conversation, the, the emotional intimacy of being able to talk about this again and having a plan to get back into it. Like, right. what are we going to do now? We, we've stopped having sex because of where we've been, but we got to start bringing up the conversation again. We got to get emotionally intimate. We got to get real and transparent. And if that means you got to sit there and say, I have like completely lost this part of me, because of what we've been through and we, and I want to get it back. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do together? What is it? Hey, we've talked about the intimacy lifestyle for forever and, and we'll continue to talk about it because the intimacy lifestyle works here just as well as anybody who's like Elisa and I where our kids are teenagers now, or you have youngers. Maybe it's during this time in your pregnancy. You're like, Hey, you know what? The intimacy lifestyle for us is going to be one time a week. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it a, we're, we're still going to make that physical, a priority. Emotionally though, we have to begin talking about how are we going to be physical with each other? Absolutely. And you know, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to have feelings. Mm -hmm. What we want you to do is create an opportunity for you to share those with one another, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the most important gifts that you can give to each other. And, and I just real quick, as we're talking about the emotions, want to address um, that group of couples that you may be struggling to conceive or dealing with infertility, the feelings of failure. And you know, we, we understand we've dealt with loss and we want to know that we hear you. And, and that's why even this show is so important for you. Cause like one wife said, she's like, sex has become a, a science experiment as we try and get everything right. Mm. And that's where really creating opportunities to talk about this and to not hold it all inside allows you to become that team walking through life together. I remember one couple writing in long ago who uh, said that they were having trouble conceiving and it just became a chore. Mm. Sex was just this thing that they did just to try to have a kid. And I remember her sharing the hurt that she felt her husband was dealing with as well. And they got to this point where there was like, it's, it's done. We're not going to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, and they almost had, I want to say a funeral um, of just the loss and allowed themselves to grieve for a little bit mm-hmm. and, and allowed themselves to go, you know what, this may not be where we're going to, where we're going to have, where what we want isn't going to come to pass. And I remember though, something in there that, that really changed. And I think this is for any of us who are pregnant is have fun or mm-hmm. trying to get pregnant, have fun, let, let, let down the, the, the science experiment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you got together with your spouse not 
to just only have a child. You got together with them because there was something in them that sparked a, a joy in you. There was something in them that that spoke life over you. There was something in them that just made you just skip inside. And now we're, we're taking it down to a science experiment. And I think about that and I go, you know what? That's not the joy God wants for your life. Mm. It, it's not. It's not the joy. He, he, he's looking over you and just going, you're my daughter. I want the best for you. So have some fun. Maybe it's time to just start a seven days of sex challenge. We've had number, a number of folks in the one family who've had kids um, or gone conceived because of the seven days of sex challenge. Mm-hmm. It may be a time. Go get it. Check it out. Go to 7daysofsex.com. Pick it up. Have fun. Enjoy. Let loose again. And, and, and this is coming from a guy who I like to con- control things at time and I want things right and I want them to go the way I plan them. And yet this year, my part of my in the moment is be in the moment so I can, so I can experience the joy that comes from living a full life. Absolutely. And you know, for those of you that um, are dealing with infertility, I just want you to know that we have addressed this previously yeah. on a show called Why Can't We Have a Baby? And it's oneextraordinarymarriage.com um, slash 119. Okay. And so, and we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. And you know, we want to get into the specifics on dealing with sexual drive mm-hmm. and, and what you can do around that. But first we want to thank this week's sponsor, which is the One Marriage Conference in Henderson, North Carolina. And that is happening, all you East Coasters and anybody that wants to fly there, it is happening on Saturday, March 2nd. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited. I mean, we're seeing tickets, you know, literally like fly off the shelves. We know that the VIP uh, dinner option, right? Is going to, is going to sell out. So we have a VIP dinner that evening with us and, and those in the one family. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I I can't wait, but there are limited seats available for that. Um, So we want to make sure that you hear the listeners know that that is happening. And we also want you to be able to take advantage of early bird registration, mm-hmm. right? What a great gift for Valentine's Day. Just oh, I'm planting yeah. the seed. Those of you that are listening to the show, Valentine's Day is coming. And if you were thinking, what can I do special this year? Well, this might be the year that you say, you know what, let's, let's go spend the day with Tony and Elisa and the one family. I'm going to do this for my love. We've actually heard from a couple people that are doing this as a Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, make it a couple's weekend. Get away, have some fun, invite some friends, and let's let's just rock your life, man. Let's just rock your marriage to start off 2019 and just keep you going throughout. So to, to learn more and to register now for early bird res- registration, go to oneliveevents.com. And as we're just, you know, kind of bringing this whole topic to a close, want to, you know, just talk about the differences in sex drive because mm-hmm. they can feel overwhelming and you can, you can find yourself kind of lost in thinking, overthinking about what's going on sexually. And, you know, I, I told a coaching client just this past week, I said, instead of, instead of giving me all the reasons why you can't do something. And she had a long list. Okay. Um, I, I stopped her and I said, okay, that's a lot of reasons. I mean, that's a lot of excuses, reasons, justifications. I don't care what word you use, right? What, what's the adventure in figuring out how to make it work, right? So if you've got different sex drives because of the season, what, what's, make it an adventure. Like Tony said, have fun with it. How can we make this work? So this aspect of our marriage, this aspect of our team doesn't lie dormant for nine months and we get out of the habit of being sexually intimate with one another. Mm-hmm. Right. For some of you, if it's a matter of scheduling sex, Tony said it earlier, adapt the intimacy lifestyle to fit where you are in the season. You can always go back to what you were doing after baby comes, 
But if you have to change it during pregnancy, do so. Right? Do you need to be more in tune with her libido or his libido? Get on that, literally and figuratively. And, and I want to share this quote, though, that we put up on Instagram. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, go to at One Extraordinary Marriage on Instagram. But I, I sh- we shared this because it really me this really I think spoke and speaks to our sexual our sexual intimacy. It says if sexuality is one dimension of our ability to live passionately, like if sexuality is that, and we believe that it's one of those dimensions that we can live passionately, then in cutting off our sexual feelings, we diminish our overall power to feel, know, and value deeply. And I think about this time during pregnancy how important our sexual intimacy is to, to really know and feel and, 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 and value what we have. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we put it to the wayside and we keep pressing it and pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, just because we're, you're pregnant, then we're, we're missing out. Mm-hmm. We're missing out. And so we got to make sure that it stays at the forefront in some way, shape, or or form. Emotional intimacy needs to stay at the forefront some way, shape, or form. Get your coffee break going. We're not telling you, we get it. Like Elisa said, with fatigue and nausea and all these little things. Hey, we're not saying you got to spend hours upon hours with each other day in and day out. What we're saying is be intentional. Mm -hmm. Get the coffee break. You know, go do something. Implement the intimacy lifestyle. Do these things little bits that way you stay connected turn off everything which i know is hard i get it i know it but if we're going to be in the moment this year we got to turn them off and we got to stand we got to stand on it and we have to have a spouse elisa i'm i'm going to say to her that she just she'll just stand there now because i'll look at my phone and she's saying that something i'm going uh-huh and she'll just stand there yep she's not saying anything because i have to realize that I'm not in alignment with what we said we were going to do this year. And so I have to put down my phone and then engage her. You know, and it's those different strategies. It's looking at, you know, for some of you, you may actually need to redefine what sexual intimacy means during pregnancy. Yeah, that's good too. Right. Because, you know, whether it's positions or nausea or whatever, how can the two of you continue to express desire for this person that helped you make the baby? Mm -hmm. Right. You were able to express desire to create this new human being. It's, it's critical. Like I can't tell you how much Tony and I missed out on not expressing desire throughout our pregnancy, maybe redefining, you know, what intercourse looks like redefining, you know, what does it mean to be physically intimate? We missed out on a lot of years Mm -hmm. of connection and we struggled through a lot because we didn't, we didn't have somebody saying, Hey, you guys need to focus on the two of you in this season. Yes, you're having a baby and yes, that's going to be wonderful. But who are the two of you still becoming while you're becoming a family? Mm -hmm. And that's really what we want to impress on each and every one of you. Like we said at the top of the show, maybe you know somebody that you need to share this show with. Maybe you're just looking at this and saying, okay, you know what? We're not pregnant right now, but we do need to take a look and see where are we physically, emotionally, and sexually, and how can we be in the moment Mm -hmm. as we go through the rest of this year? Whatever it is, you know, don't, don't stop. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, don't just live at the surface. Be willing to go deeper with your spouse. Yeah. And I would say with that, go, go into it all in, be all in for your spouse. 
go after what they have for you because this time it's amazing. The time you get to spend together is truly an amazing time. It's gosh, I just think back at where we were and our pregnancies. And I think if somebody would have come alongside of us and just said, Hey, Tony, Elisa, you know what? It's important that the two of you just really spend time together that doing something just minor, something just once a week, just do something. It would have changed the course of our early or the the time between having our kid in those five years tremendously. I don't think we would have been in a place where we were like, oh my gosh, looking down the barrel and going like, are we going to get a divorce? There would have been a huge change, a huge shift. And yet we're here to share with you that you guys can do this. We believe that you guys can do this. Even during a time when there's so much uncertainty around you and excitement going on, the two of you matter. The two of you matter because the way you love each other is going to show as your kids grow older to see a parent, to see a family, to see a mom and a dad, a husband and a wife who love each other so dearly that they're willing to do anything for each other. And that truly leaves a legacy for the next generation. And I hope, and Elisa and I both do, we both hope that you realize the importance of leaving a legacy for our next generation. But we can only do that when the marriage is strong, when husband and wife are strong and are on the page together. We love you guys. We're excited for you if you're having your first kid, your second kid, your third kid, your 10th kid. My goodness, we have somebody in the one family that they're going to have their 11th kid. And we're so proud of them. We love you guys. We're excited for you. And um, don't forget, reach out. Drop us a hug. We want to hear from you. Hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Love you guys.